Thank you. We're in a um, sermon series, 12 Words of Hope for the World. It does me good pleasure to drive by the front of the church and see a banner that says 12 hope, Words of Hope for the World. And I think to myself, yeah, that is what every church should have on it, out on its front lawn right now. And maybe always. Twelve words of hope for the world, and today the word is heart. From Mark's Gospel, the seventh chapter. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews not, do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe. The washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. The word of the Lord. Well, the Pharisees um, technically did everything right. Everything by the rules in the Presbyterian church, they would do everything by, um, you know, the book of order. But they had a problem with their hearts. They followed all the rules, but their hearts were in the wrong place. They were religious, but they lacked a relationship with God. They had become form without substance. Everything was in its proper place for the Pharisees, except their hearts. And what are we talking about when we talk about the heart? Well, we're talking about at least two things. Here are some heart facts. Your heart beats approximately 100,000 times in one day or 35 million times a year. 
It's amazing. We have about six quarts of blood that circulate through our body three times every minute. So our blood travels 12,000 miles in one day. No wonder we're tired. That's two trips to the West Coast and back from here in one day. Your blood. Oxygen-poor blood flows from the body into the right atrium of the heart. Blood flows into the right ventricle. The right ventricle pumps the blood into the lungs where the blood releases waste gases and picks up oxygen. Let me just stop here and say, thank the Lord for Google, okay? (laughs) The newly oxygen-rich blood returns to the heart and enters the left atrium. Blood flows through the left atrium into the left ventricle. The left ventricle pumps the oxygen-rich blood to all parts of the body. And all that's been going on while you've been listening To me. That is what literally is in the heart. Those are the heart facts. So, what is Jesus talking about when he says to the Pharisees, their hearts are far from me? Well, the heart is also a symbol of the essence of human life. We say things like this, I love you with all my heart, as if love comes out of the heart. Or we say, you broke my heart, my achy, breaky heart. (laughs) Sorry. Or we say, my heart aches for you. My heart goes out to them. My heart bleeds for you. From the bottom of my heart, he has no heart. Or we say, the Bible says, love God with all your heart. Well, what's going on in there? In the human heart where blood is traveling at all that speed all day long and bringing oxygen back to the body. That's all that's really in the heart. That's all that's there. But when we speak of the heart in this way, we're talking about more than blood and tissue. We're talking about what a person thinks and feels. And what a person thinks and feels, if you think about it, actually happens in the brain. But it's just too weird to say, I love you with all my brain. That just won't work. The girls don't go for that. Or say to somebody, you broke my brain. (laughs) See, that's not going to work. Even if it's technically correct, and it is technically correct, your feelings, your emotions, the essence of who you are is happening up in your brain, not in your heart. But the word for us has to be heart. The Bible talks a lot about heart. Not as the muscle, not as the organ, not as the tissue. It talks about it as the essence of a person's being. 
the heart of it. And from the heart, the Bible says, can come love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control from the heart. But also from the heart, the Bible says this, from the heart can come hate, anger, violence, lust, pride, greed, and all forms of evil from the heart. So what's going on, do you think, in the heart of our nation? And in the heart of this world? Well, for one thing, there are a lot of people with very good hearts in this country. Think of the millions of people, millions and millions of people. Think across the land from here in Virginia, go all the way through the middle part of the country, go all the way to California, go up into Alaska, go out to Hawaii. Think about all of them. And how many people get up every day? They'll get up tomorrow with us and go to work. Or if they're retired, they'll go about what they're giving their lives to. They'll pay their bills. On time, they'll care for their families. And some of them will worship. Some of them are worshiping today. Many of them will pray. Lots of them are generous, very generous with their time and their money. Many of them serve their country, pay their taxes and vote. Oh, they struggle from time to time like everybody else. But underneath it all, underneath it all, think with me from the shores of Virginia all the way over how many good hearts there are in this nation. Millions and millions. So how did all that hate and rage get into the hearts of so many other people? Where does that come from? Lies, deceit, selfishness, slander, slander. Pride, arrogance, discrimination are all taking up way too much space in the heart of our nation. That is a diseased heart. That is a heart with clogged arteries. That is a dying heart. And the question becomes, who or what will cure it? In my thanks for listening uh, weekly article that goes out on the first Friday news, many of you get it on the email, I wrote this. Okay, who's going to fix this mess? Will more education do it? If people were just smarter, would they be living with this hate and rage and discrimination and anger? Or how about health care? Maybe they'll fix all of our problems. Or what about business, science, the arts? Or what about technology? 
the military. Politics? Can it fix this mess? Maybe the courts of law. And then I ask this, what do you think? Is religion irrelevant in our day? When it's all said and done, that will be the last thing standing. Our relationship with God. Now some of us say that we need to go back. As if there were a time when we were more Christian in this nation. And when our hearts were more faithful to God. But when was that time? Was that when the first colonists came? Many of whom were here As criminals, many who came only to line their pockets and seek their fortunes in gold, was that when we were a Christian nation? Or was it during the genocide of Native Americans? Is that when we were Christian? Or was it when Christians owned slaves? Exactly when was it that America was a Christian nation? If you read your history without rose-colored glasses, it would seem there was never a time in our history when we were a completely Christian or religious or faithful nation. History, our history, is littered with not only mistakes, but with evil. Evil. So it's not a matter of going back to a period of time which never actually existed, but it's a matter of going forward to a time that has yet to come. People of faith are looking for a different kind of kingdom in this world And for that kingdom to reign here on earth. We pray, and you will in just a moment, pray for that kingdom to come here on earth. In the dirt, in the institutions of our society. You will pray, if you so choose, for that kingdom to reign on this earth. And our task as Christians is to live out a different set of ethics than what the world would have us buy into. Our task is to live out a different set of morals than what others espouse. Not by rules and regulations, not by acting religious, but by having hearts that belong to God. See, the world needs a heart transplant, a new heart, cleansed by God of all sin and evil. We saw this last weekend in the beautiful city of Charlottesville, Virginia. We saw it Thursday in the tragedy in Barcelona, Spain. We see it almost every day in our own government 
We see it in other nations and we see it even within ourselves. The need for another heart. Paul writes this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. He wrote those words to a fledgling group of Christians who were overwhelmed by the oppressive Roman Empire. That great empire, the Roman Empire, go to Rome, go to the Forum, walk around the ruins. That empire fell because its heart was diseased. The church has suffered heart disease over time. Don't get me wrong. The church has not had a pure heart through our history. But the heart of the church will never fail, will never fail. Not because of us. Let's be real clear about that. The heart of the church will never fail because the heart of the church is the heart of Jesus Christ. That is a heart that this world desperately needs. The prophet Ezekiel spoke to Israel hundreds and thousands of years ago. On behalf of God, the prophet said, this is as if God were speaking. To a very flawed and sinful Israel, the Lord said these words. A new heart I will give you. A new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove from your body the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and make you follow my statutes and be careful to observe my ordinances. Oh, are those words irrelevant? Are they too old to read? You see, the word heart could be a very powerful word of hope for the world. Don't you think? Because who can cleanse the human heart? Who can cleanse the rage and the anger and the disrespect for human life that we saw on our televisions in Charlottesville, Virginia, of all places, one of the most educated places on earth, with some of the most open-minded, caring, loving people on all the earth, How in the world did that evil climb in to that space? But it will. Who can cleanse that mess? Who can heal it? Who can give us a new heart? A new heart. I will give you, says the Lord, and a new spirit. God, do we need that? And a new spirit I will put within you. So this isn't a matter of us controlling the crowds or controlling the guns or controlling the violence or ramping up the laws. None of that will cure this diseased heart that needs to be transplanted by God himself. 
You will never control a gun until you control a heart. Let us pray. Create within us a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within us. And do not cast us away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit away from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us with a willing spirit. This we pray through Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, who came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Amen.